I can't tell you, <laughs> I can't tell you everything that went through my head, but I do remember thinking like, this, this is not how this is going to end. Like, mm -hmm. this is not going to end like this. This is going to end different. And, um, I don't know why, man. I was just like, if I can just move, if I can move anything, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of this water. <laughs> Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. Men's Alliance is a growing movement of tribes across the nation that meet weekly for rugged outdoor workouts and a real world devotion around a fire. If you want to be a part of what we're doing, join us at mensalliancetribe.com where you can find a tribe near you or come to one of our Start the Fire weekends. So check us out at mensalliancetribe.com. Now stay tuned for this great podcast. Welcome to the Men's Alliance podcast. I'm Dave Mills Goose. Hey, I'm Dusty Parker Shadow. And uh, with us today, we've got Scott Frankenfield, call sign Skull. Skull, welcome to the podcast, man. Good to have you here. Great to be here. This is awesome. So uh, we were just saying one of the really neat things about this podcast today that's a little different is I do not know Skull's story. And so I am every bit as excited to hear this podcast as you guys are and just get to know a fellow tribesman and you know chief uh from bravo tribe chief was like you got to get skull on the podcast so he scheduled him and here you are and um, i'm just taking his word for it i'm like yeah sure you know you know what better way to get to know a guy over a cup of coffee and we'll record the conversation so thanks for coming on yeah man glad to be here and um you know i this is really one of those like one question podcasts, right? Uh, tell us your life story. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but no, we just love to hear your, your story as, as, as Baptists love to say your testimony. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, kind of in that, how you found, how you found MA and how you got that cool call sign. So sure. take it away, brother. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me here. This is awesome. And, uh, glad, glad to share. Yeah, um, man share about myself um so growing up you know for me i grew up in a, a christian home went to a christian school um i grew up in in the church and um along with that you know i heard the gospel at an early age and um that was just part of everyday life in school in church and attending attending every every week and um i remember you know I was, i'm a middle child right so as a middle child you want to make everybody happy. You want to be your people pleaser. And that, that for sure was me. And I think my faith started to develop with this, this false belief that uh, I just had to be good. And um, I remember in, um, in sixth grade, that, that changed for me. Uh, we watched, you guys remember it, uh, the Left Behind movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Left yeah. Behind movie. And there was a scene where a, um, where a pastor is in his empty church yeah. And uh, he is alone with a couple of, he, you know, he's by himself and he says something to the extent of, you know, I taught it every week, but I never, I never really believed it. Mm -hmm. and, I remember uh, that. That's a powerful yeah, scene. I know that scene. Yeah. Um, and for me, that really just struck a chord of, of kind of why, why am I doing, why am I trying to be good? You know, is it, is it just because I think I'm good enough or, or do I believe you know, that I'm sinful, right? Do I, am I acting out of that belief? Um, 
And so I made that decision um, to follow Christ, to accept Christ as my, my Savior as a, as a sixth grader. You know, I think I fully understood that at that age. Um, and then uh, I got connected with a group, um, Young Life. I don't know if you all are familiar with Young Life, yep. um, but I was, I was in Young Life in, um, in high school. Um, and, you know, it's an evangelical organization going after kids who otherwise wouldn't hear the gospel. And uh, I just thought, man, this is so important. You know, this is important for me to be a part of something that is um, an organization that's that's reaching lost kids, um, and that was that was something that I was involved in all throughout high school and into, into college. I went to JMU, um, go Dukes, um, <laughs> undefeated. We'll see if we get a bowl game, and uh, led Young Life there. And um, I, I remember in my time there, um, just just what a powerful. Um, effect that organization had on me. You know, we uh, I was I was part of uh, wildlife, which is middle school, so it's wild. Uh, <laughs> and um, I remember at first my freshman year, I'd been in the organization. I, I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to continue with it because you know you're figuring out who you are. You're stepping out of your you know your parents' house. You're stepping into your dorm and figuring out what's important to you and. I just remember, you know, gaming with one of my buddies, and uh, he went off to class, and I was gaming afterwards. And uh, I just remember the, the Holy Spirit saying, like, as I was playing this game, like, hey, look, none of this matters. Like, this game mm-hmm. doesn't matter in eternity at all. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, for me, I was like, that's, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you in that moment. So, um, you know, I kind of jumped into that ministry all throughout um, college and by the time I reached my um, my senior year, um, I was I was going to be leading this team of uh, wildlife leaders. It was five of us. We had just started at a new school my my second year at JMU, and God was doing cool stuff, man. We were we were uh, having club meetings, having kids come to know the Lord. Kids were coming to you know the summer camps that they have, and it was really great. And um, you know, I just was excited to be part of that. You know, because middle school is hard time, right? School school is a hard time for kids, and so to help kids guide, you know, guide kids through that, that was just super cool and 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 just so impactful, right? And I think that that was what I always wanted was to to be impactful, to make an impact on people, and um, yeah. So the uh, summer before my um, my senior year, we had, we had just done finished a, a five day long camp, you know, with middle school kids, and it's like. It's like hundreds of middle school kids at these camps, man. And it's it's just so high energy, and it's just nonstop, and it is Christ-centered, and it is awesome. But afterwards, you are just— Yeah, I bet. You, you are toast. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my uh, one of my leaders, she um, said, hey, look, you know, we normally go to the beach at this week in August, and we'd love the, the wildlife team to come up and be at the beach and what a better place to just Mm. relax and then then download, you know, who had good conversations with which kids, you know, during the week. And that was just, that was such a blessing and so awesome to have that. And, um, yeah, so we, we drove up there the day after camp. Um, you know, that first day we just had a day on the beach and, um, you know, just exactly what you'd want it to be after a long week like that. And, um, yeah, we we were about to pack up. It's like five, it's like five fifteen. You know, hey, let's go. We can dust the sand off. Let's go get something to eat or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna jump in one last time. And so, you know, make it quick. Let's. We got to get moving. So I, I run. I run as fast as I can. You know, the waves are coming at me, and uh, you know, I, I dive through a wave like you do, so you don't get 
clobbered and uh, my my head hit hit a sandbar. My head hit the bottom of the ocean, basically, and there was nothing that slowed me down um, in that process. I just hit and and uh, I, I went uh, limp like a rag doll. And um, yeah, I mean, after kind of being flipped around in the surf. You know, I, uh, I was, I was conscious. I uh, opened my eyes up and I saw, you know, you know, when, uh, when Tua got his concussion last season and his hands were postured, right. Mm. You know, and I looked down and my hands are doing that. And I'm like, what is going on? And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't move. And I just felt this, this just wild electrical, like reverberation in my body. And I just, it was so strong that I just couldn't do anything to get out of it. And, uh, you know, I was just there in, in the water, face down, looking at my hands and looking at my feet, just like, what is happening? And uh, I can't tell you, <laughs> I can't tell you everything that went through my head, but I do remember thinking, like, this, this is not how this is going to end. Like, mm-hmm. this is not going to end like this. This is going to end different. And um, I don't know why, man, I was just like, if I can just move, if I can move anything, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of this water, and um, you know what was wild for me is when I hit, you know, it felt like I didn't hit any water, and then when I came to, I was in about you know four feet, three feet of water, whatever, and um, yeah, as I as I'm thinking this, as I'm thinking it's not gonna end like this, as I'm thinking I just need to move a little bit, just a little bit, and I can get out of this water, I um, I just start trying to move my feet, and I'm looking right at them staring at him like you better move guys like we got to we got to get this thing going and um eventually i like i could move i could move all my toes and i was like this is good <laughs> this is a good thing and you're uh, holding your breath the whole time holding moment? my breath yeah opening your eyes in the yeah and my hands are still like up here i can't i'm i'm trying to move my fingers but my fingers are not going to move at all toes i'm like this is good um and so i'm just i'm wiggling my toes and i'm like all right, if I can, if I can just get my ankles chopping just a little bit, I'm going to start getting out of this water. And um, after about ten or fifteen seconds of of wiggling my toes, I'm like, "Oh, this is so awesome! I can move my ankles now. Like, I'm I'm going to start getting out of this water." And so I start kind of just trying to walk backwards out of the water. And uh, I don't know how long it was, man. It was. <laughs> it probably seemed like a forever. It was like it was wild. Uh, it was a while. It was yeah, maybe over a minute. And um, I, I started to bend my, be able to bend my knees again. And I was like, "Game on! <laughs> I'm out of this water." So you know, I start walking backwards and walking backwards, and just you know, trying to do the best I can to be consistent and and looking at my feet and looking at my body. And um, in those moments, you know, people think like. You must have been like super panicked. And I I don't it's it's wild. I don't remember feeling that. I remember feeling this like calm, this peace of like everything is under control. And was any was anybody watching you during this whole I time? I mean, not when I was not when I was in the water. Um I got out of the water. Or I, I, I got washed up on the shore. Um this was in uh Fenwick Island, Delaware. Got washed up on the shore and I just I just started calling for help. I got that gasp of breath and I was like help help you know somebody help me and and uh my team came over 
my team, my team of, of, of uh, young life leaders. And, uh, you know, when someone tells you, washes up in the surf, tells you they can't move, like that's, that's, that's bonkers stuff. Mm -hmm. So I remember looking at them. I was like, I, I can't move my arms, guys. Like I can't, I can't move my arms. I can move my legs. I was real glad about that, but I was like, I can't move. Were my you arms. standing or sitting? There? I was laying. I was. Lay, I got washed up on the shore. Okay. I was laying down. The, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. move at all, man. Uh, or I couldn't sit up, right? Yeah. And so I was just laying there, and my hands were still kind of postured, and I couldn't really get out of that. And I was like, I can't move, guys. And and I just remember, you know, what I had to say to one of my my teammates. I was like, What do I have to say to convince you? that I am not joking, mm -hmm. that this is real, that I can't move right now. Like this is just, cause you know, who would think that that would happen? Yeah. Right. And, um, I, you know, at that point, you know, I kind of saw the fear in all their eyes and, and shadow, you know, you said, was anyone there? Well, I mean, God was there in a big way. There was a, um, so they pulled me out of the water. My teammates did, they pulled me on the sand and, um, and there was a, there was a doctor and a nurse who are a husband and wife. And they were walking by as this happened. They saw me get pulled out. They said, we saw you get washed up. And they just go to work. Wow. They, they were like, where are we moving him? Are we going to get him on a boogie board? We got to get him away from the surf. You know, what, what should we, what's our plan of action? And they were, they were professionals. They were skilled. Like, you know, and um, they were, they stabilized my neck and they were asking me all sorts of questions and, I just remember like shouting out my mom's phone number. Like, mm, <laughs> it was yeah. like, call my mom, <laughs> let her know that I'm okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, then I just started getting so much neck pain, just so much neck pain. And, uh, I could start to move my arms a little bit, but just so much neck pain and, and just, they reassured me. They're like, look, we got an EMT coming. EMT is going to come and take you to the hospital. And, um, you know, you're, you're going to be, you're going to get there. Right. You're going to get there. We're with you. And, um, I mean, so in those moments, like I take a step back and I look, I'm like, man, there was a doctor and nurse right there when that happened. Like, that's just, that's wild. What a blessing. What a, what a huge thing in that moment for there's to be someone that can provide that skill. And that was just the first thing in such a long line of God just showing up and being present. And, um, you know, after something happens like that, you feel, I don't know if y'all ever got injured, but you kind of feel like, like, man, this is so dumb. Why did this happen to me? Why did I, like, what did I do to contribute to this? And the EMT that I was driving with, I just, I, I remember talking with him and I was like, hey man. Um, and you know, I'm like boarded, right? I'm like on mm -hmm. the board with the neck brace and like, you know, looking straight up at the ceiling, but he's like right over me talking to me, like, it's gonna be all right, man, you're gonna make it. Can you move your hands? Can you move your hands? My hands hurt, but I can move them. He's like, all right, good. Keep moving them. You know, don't move your neck. And um, I'm like, have you ever felt like you just did something just so stupid that you just messed up your whole life? Yep. And I was, <laughs> I was a 21-year-old kid when this happened. I was 21 years old, um, 21 years. And uh, I just remember saying that to him and just kind of thinking like it was just this vent, just like I just have to say this. Yeah. And he just goes, man, I – I just got accepted into PA school, and um, and I and uh, I also just got my girlfriend pregnant, and uh, you know my dad wasn't around when I was a kid, and uh, 
I would never, I'm never going to do that to my children. So I'm turning down PA school so I can be around and see this, see this baby and be a part of this, this child's life. And I just remember thinking like, whoa, like that's like, that's so personal. Like why would like, Mm -hmm. but also it was comforting. It was like, you know, he shared with me that struggle. And even though it probably was just like, what do I say to this guy? You know, it was just like, wow, like you, like him sharing was so impactful for me. And there was just this level of like, you know, he has his struggles. I have my struggles and, and we can do these hard things. And, um, that was super cool. And, um, we got to the hospital and it was this like real small hospital in like middle of nowhere, Delaware and, uh, go back for the x-ray and I'll, I'll never forget the doctor coming out. He just goes, son, looks like you broke your neck and you broke your neck real good. <laughs> and I just remember my stomach just like hitting my feet, just like <laughs> going all the way down. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. You know, at this point, you know, I could move around a little bit. My neck hurt really bad, but I was I just didn't know, had no knowledge of anything medical at that point in my life. And. I don't know, the thought that I had broken my neck really bad just had never, it was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had had a, uh, a buddy there with me who was super close with me all throughout college. And in that moment, I was just like, I need, I need my buddy Isaac to be here with me. Like, I need, I need to see his face. He doesn't even have to say anything. He's just got to be in the room with me. He's just got to be looking at me. I got to be like, hey, you... You and I, like, we're here together. You're supporting me. You know, and I had a couple buddies like that in college. I feel like we all had a crew of guys that were just so valuable to us. And for he was part of that for me. And, um, you know, that him being present in that moment, I was like, this also brought me so much, so much comfort, you know, knowing that he was there. And, you know, he, he was just a person who knew me. You know, he didn't have to say anything. He was just there. And, um yeah, after after that, after kind of processing some of that with my friends, my my buddy Isaac and my other teammates there, um, and I want to say I thank God for them, <laughs> those teammates that pulled me out of the water. Um, yeah, Melissa, John Marshall, I think about you guys a lot. Ryan, Isaac, you know, th- those those that was my team, and um, you know, we kind of talked about what was going to happen, and they were like, "You're going to get medevaced, and you're you're probably going to need surgery." Like as fast as we can get you there. And, um, you know, I got on one of those fancy helicopters and, um, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I remember thinking like, I must be relatively stable when they stopped to refuel halfway. (laughs) I was like, okay, you know, I'm probably, I'm going to be okay. Things are good. You know, my health, my uh, condition is stable enough that they can gas up this thing. Um, so we got to the hospital, and this whole time, like I said, I've been I've been boarded, and my neck's immobilized, and um, I still have sand in my hair, you know, mm-hmm. like right. I'm wearing my bathing suit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I had a shirt on. Like I was in my bathing suit, and um, yeah, we got to the hospital, and um, we get off the plane, or we get off the uh, helicopter, and they wheel me out, and this was uh, Washington Hospital in D.C. And uh, one of the doctors, one of the neuro docs comes up and he's like, all he cares about is like looking at my hands. He's like, where, like, can you do this? Can you do this? Are your hands going to, can your hands move like this? Can you squeeze my hands? And um, 
I was able to do it. And um, the, the phrase they all kept saying was, um, he has no weakness. He has no weakness. And that, I mean, what they meant was he had no, I had no neurological weakness. You know, nothing had severed anything to where I was going to, I didn't have the use of certain muscle groups yeah. or, you know, um, everything was intact. And as a 21-year-old kid who's been on a backboard, I thought that was, and maybe this was the medication kicking in, but I thought it was very entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, you, like I would meet a new doctor. I'd be like, I'm the guy that has no weaknesses. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I have no weaknesses. And uh, I, I mean, obviously, yes, yeah, so much vulnerability right there. Or, you know, at that point where I could, I could hardly do anything. But I just remember thinking, like, why do they keep saying this? Like, why is that relevant? And um, so that night they, they did an MRI and they said, you know, your options are you could get a, a halo, Right. Um, with the bolts on your forehead yep. and Yikes. sit sleeping up. And I was yeah. like, and they're like, or you could get surgery. And I was like, Are you crazy if I would rather have surgery. Like, I, I don't know. But I just remember that the doc was like, we're going to just see what the extent of the soft tissue damage is. And um, so they got the MRI back and they were like, hey, look, we're going to do surgery. You're going to need surgery. And um, we're going to do emergency surgery tomorrow morning. At this point, you know, the injury happened a little bit after five. Lifeguards had just gone off duty, by the way, mm. when that injury happened, right? Oh, right. The lifeguards after five. Yeah. And so having that doctor and that nurse there was kind of, it was just mm-hmm. unreal, you know, because there was no one else, no one else there. Um, and so, yeah, at that point, it was, it was pretty close to midnight. And um, they're like, we're going to send your, your MRI and your x-rays to this doctor. He's going to do emergency surgery in the morning. Uh, we want to put you in the ICU tonight, and you're just going to stay there. And, um, man, that was a long night. Yeah. That was a long night, you know, still immobilized. They did prop me up, and I remember complaining to the nurse. I was like, look, you can't put me facing the clock the whole night. Like, <laughs> I can't move my head. Like, <laughs> that's just not yeah, cool. Right. Um, and I remember she reached up, and she, like, tried to move the clock, but all she did was, like, Hit it off access, yeah. and I was like, "So now I gotta look." Now I'm looking at an off kilter clock all night, <laughs> and um, I just—I mean, that was just a long night, man. It was a hard night too. You know, you're in the, the neuro ICU, so you know you can hear people who are just in rough shape, not that far from you. You know, um, that next morning, and and I just yeah, that next morning, you know, went into surgery, and um, they went in through the front. That's this guy here. That scar. Yeah. I don't know if you guys can see it, but um, they were in the in surgery for for um about eight and a half hours, and uh, the surgeon was just picking out shards of bone just for a lot of that time, and um, they they saw some um some fluid in my breathing tube, and he was like, "We don't have all these bones out, these bone shards, but we're gonna we're gonna sew them back up, and we're gonna go back in a couple of days later." And um, jeez. It was a long process, and um, you know, then they did another surgery a couple of days later, and they went they went in the back and got another scar there. And um, what part of your neck was broken? C five and C six. So it was easier to go in through the front, huh? Oh yeah, going mm-hmm. through the front was better. It was easier, you know. Um, and some of the nerves at that C five level are really important to like breathing, mm-hmm. and like I was able to breathe throughout the whole thing. I was able to hold my breath, you know, when I hit. Yeah. And you would think when you hit hard, you're going right. to, 
yeah. channel, but no, I, I kept my breath and, um, yeah, so had that second surgery and, um, after that, you know, it's in a hard collar for like 12 weeks, a long time. I want to know how you were able to, or were your eyes burning from looking, opening your eyes in salt water? That's all I could think about. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, dude, I wasn't thinking about that. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know. All I remember was like, it was kind of like, you know, when a Jedi is trying to use the force for the first time, you're like looking at it, you're like, please move, please move, please move. Okay. Like I'm yeah. using all my power here to try to get this thing to move. And, um, I mean, that was just in that moment, that was just like such a, I mean, obviously such a blessing to be yeah. able to start moving again. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I, um, you know, spent a fair amount of time talking with the guys afterwards and that, that, posturing was from like the whiplash that occurred when my head hit and my body you know decelerated and then my head whipped forward and back and that's why you know that that neural posturing happened um and so it affected the you know upper limbs more than the the lower limbs enough to where i was able to you know get my feet moving and get out of there um so do you have any concept of how long you were actually like from the time point of impact like how long you were in the ocean before you drifted oh, to the beach? That's a great question. I mean, I felt like I was holding my breath for a long time. I would say it was probably like a minute and a half or two minutes till I got like washed up yeah. on the shore again. Washed up like like face up. You know, I yeah. remember like being washed up and um, well, I guess I'll say it this way. I remember being flipped over. I remember a wave flipping me I was from gonna face say, down. Like, yeah. From face down because I was pushing with my legs and the wave kind of pushed me. What a godsend, huh? That wave. <laughs> I like, I think about it sometimes, guys, and I just, yeah. it just makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. that's just crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's totally God made that wave just to mm, flip you over. I know. You know. Isn't that crazy? It is. Yeah. 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 Um, and I wonder what happened, you know, the, uh, that husband and wife, like just the events of their whole day to lead them mm. up. Like maybe yeah. they caught a certain amount of stoplights throughout that day. <laughs> yeah. So they would get to p cross your path right. right at the exact same time. And, and that's all God's sovereignty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't like they were, you know, you go to the beach and you kind of notice who's like parked next to you and yeah. stuff. And it's mm -hmm. like, we didn't see them all day. <laughs> you know, or like, you know, they weren't there next to us during the day. And like, they were, they were walking by and like, have you, they knew what to do. Have you made any contact with them since? No. I mean. Maybe they were angels. It happened, yeah, August August 20th, 2010. So anyone listening mm -hmm. <laughs> knows any doctors that were there and they helped what was the What was the beach again? Uh, I was in Fenwick, Fenwick, Delaware. Yeah. So maybe they'll. Maybe they'll hear this. If you know somebody, yeah. Shoot us, shoot us an email. Please, yeah. I got some people I want to thank. Yeah, oh, That's dear. awesome. Man. Well, let's take a quick commercial break, and then uh, we come back. Let's hear the rest of the story. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about three easy ways that you can help spread the Men's Alliance fire. One, you can leave us a review for this podcast. That's right. Giving us a five-star rating on our podcast helps elevate us in the rankings, which helps more men find us. So that's one way you can support us. 
Also, you can go to the merch store and buy a Men's Alliance t-shirt, hat, coffee mug, whatever. Wearing it helps support us by advertising Men's Alliance. And the third way you can support us is by becoming a monthly supporter, a monthly financial donor. 10, 20 bucks a month. We need everybody rowing in the same direction. That will help us grow this ministry and continue to put on more experiences like Start the Fire and Carry the Fire. It'll help us partner with more churches across the country as we grow and help us continue to spread this podcast. So leave us a rating, check out our merch store, and consider supporting us monthly at mensalliancetribe.com. Thank you guys for helping us spread this fire. Welcome back to the Men's Alliance podcast. We're here with Skull and telling us an incredible story about his breaking his neck in the ocean, in the waves. So you're you're in the point where you've had one surgery. They're telling you they need another surgery to get all the bone fragments out. Um, pick us up. Pick us up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was in the hospital, I want to say for about a week. The first surgery was that first morning I was there. And then the next one was several days later. And um, I remember <laughs> coming out of that surgery, you know, they're giving you all sorts of medications and I'm having these like wild dreams. And I had this dream that I was like, fight, I was a knight, right? <laughs> and I was fighting this this wizard. And this wizard cast this spell on me that my, my armor would weigh whatever, 10 tons or whatever. And I remember I just was like, I can move, but I'm so heavy. And in that moment I woke up and what, what I was trying to do is I was just trying to lift my arm mm. <laughs> and I was like, my arm is so heavy guys. <laughs> and, uh, I was just, I was so weak after that second surgery. And, um, I, I, I didn't I forgot to say this, but leading up to that injury, I was, um, I was a runner. Like I was a long distance runner mm. And I was training to run my first marathon, uh, the Marine Corps marathon. So the injury happened in August. Marine Corps, I want to say, is October. Mm -hmm. So I had run, you know, 17 and a half, like four days before. It was just, I was just so excited to, like, get up to those higher mileages. And I loved it. I loved running. I loved pushing myself. I loved doing hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And to go to a point where I was like, dude, I ran 17 and a half and just crushed it, like, nine days ago or 10 mm -hmm. days ago to being like, Oh, like my, my trying arm, to move an arm. My arm is so heavy. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it was just so, it was so humbling in that moment, but it also caused this question of like, I'm not Scott, the runner anymore. Like mm -hmm. I'm not Scott, the guy who's in shape anymore. Like I, my, my physical strength is not <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's, you know, and I was an athlete in, in, in high school, relatively serious athlete in high school. But in college, I started doing hard stuff. And my goal was to run a marathon and to, you know, then shave down my times and then maybe try, try to qualify for Boston, maybe do an Ironman. You know, mm -hmm. I wanted to do some hard stuff, hard physical stuff. And here I am just, you know, laying in a hospital bed and I'm like, I can't even like, like if I like get out of my bed to try to use the bedside commode. Cause that's, you know, after the hospital, they're like, if you poop, yeah. you get to leave. That's, right? Yeah. That's always the test to see if you're ready to go home. Are you ready really? to go? Can you go yeah, to the that's, bathroom? Yeah, that's the test. Never been. Yeah. So try to keep it that way. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I just remember like trying to get out of bed and like trying to go to the bathroom. I want to leave. And, um, I got up one night, you know, probably twice. And the next day I was like, I 
can't get out of bed. <laughs> I'm so gassed, you know, wow. just from trying to get out of bed. Yeah. And just I was so deconditioned from the surgery. And obviously, you know, after that first surgery, they couldn't, they didn't want me to get up and move a ton because they still had stuff to do. So after the second one, it was like, it's time to start moving again. And that process was, it was brutal. <laughs> it was really hard, you know. Um, and I guess, yeah, maybe a point I want to make there is like, you know, a lot of the times we're not afraid to do hard stuff, but we, we want to choose our hard, you know? Yeah. Wow. Ain't that true? We want to choose our hard. And when we can't choose it, that's hard. <laughs> that's real hard. Yeah. You know? It's easy. It's easy to do something. And I think uh, Dan Crenshaw's written about this. It's easy to do something hard or go through something hard that you have voluntarily put yourself yes, into. Um, and you know, you could voluntarily pull yourself out of it, right? Like, Running a marathon is a great example. Uh, no matter how miserable you are while you're doing it, you put yourself there, and you could stop if you want. But it's total different ball game when you have no control. Like you're in this against your will, and you can't get out of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that that I mean that was my situation. Um, you know, and I, I um, remember they uh, they got me down to physical therapy to see how like mobile I was. And like, I was so weak. Like they were like, all right, you're going to go up and down the stairs. And I was like, I can walk to the stairs. Like I can stand up. <laughs> like, I think I can stand up and they get me to the stairs. And I'm like, I can't even like, I can't even get my arms on these stupid stairs guys. Like, what do you want me to do? And like, yeah, I just remember feeling like such like a failure at that point. I was like, I couldn't even go upstairs. I'm 21 years old. I've never had a care in the world about my capacity to do anything physically and, and I can't, I can't function. And, um, you know, that, that was obviously, that was a huge part of my, my recovery was, was kind of learning that, but I don't want to skip past one, one really important thing for me. And this, this is the part that gets me really emotional. Um, I can't express how many people prayed for me during that time. And it was, it was thousands of people, maybe 10,000 people. I don't know. There were so many people that reached out to my family and said, we just want you to know every church in our area is praying for your son. We just want you to know um, everyone at this Young Life camp, all the staff, all the volunteers stopped and prayed for you when we found out about this. And this wasn't just like one church or one camp. It was just like everybody said that. And and that that prayer was just so powerful. I um. I can't overlook that, you know, what that was and the power, the power in that. And um, obviously what that, what that meant to me, you know, was just, was just huge to be, to know that I was being prayed for in this time where I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to shake out. I don't know who I'm going to be on the other side of this, but knowing that, you know, God was with me and people were praying for God to just his presence to be felt by myself and my family. And, um, I mean, that's how I started the, that rehab process, you know, that rehab process of, uh, you know, going to PT a couple times a week, um, living, living in my parents' house my senior year. And, um, I only, I only stayed there for, um, <laughs> I only stayed there for three weeks. I wow. sat, I sat my parents down. I was like, <laughs> I'm going back to college yeah. <laughs> and I need to graduate on time. I, I need to do something. Were you walking at uh, that point? Yeah. So so I would say after I got discharged from the hospital, I was able to walk. I was able okay. to go up and down stairs. 
man, I had no, I was, I just get gassed so fast. Yeah. One of, one of my, <laughs> one of the fun, most fun ways someone blessed me during this time was, um, my buddy, Will, his mom, she always would have us over when we were in high school, like their house, people would always be at, and they, they hosted some of the Young Life events. Um, and I would always eat all their fruit snacks. And so <laughs> his mom, after I broke my neck, she went to the grocery store and she bought one of every fruit snack <laughs> and oh, gave wow. it to me in a basket. So my afternoon, uh, <laughs> my afternoon schedule was I would be sitting in my chair. <laughs> I can't believe this. I was sitting in my chair and I would stand up and I would walk over to the, the fruit snack basket. I, I couldn't look down because I was wearing my stupid hard collar. Right. I would just reach down and then I would walk back to my chair. And like that was my exercise for the afternoon. So every, that every, was the, every, 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 hey, that's your reward. And every so I, pack was a surprise. Every, and I would hold them up and be like, no, <laughs> definitely no, or yes. So it was like, and so I remember I, I had done it for a couple of days, like three days or so. And, you know, I was so tired all the time. But um, I remember thinking like I should go, I should walk back today, right? Like I should do a return trip. And I remember standing up and I was like, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> So I thought, all right, I'm going to, you know, I grew up playing basketball, played, you know, a little basketball in high school. And so I was like, I'm just going to try to throw this in the basket, you know, from where I'm at. And that's probably like 12 feet away, nothing yeah. impressive. And, uh, you know, having shot a basketball for a lot of years of my life and feeling relatively skilled, I, I throw, I throw the, the fruit snack and it, it went, it, it barely cleared my feet. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just this indication of like, yeah, Scott, like you physically, you've got, there's a long way ahead of you. Mm. And, um, so, but I, I just kept, I kept pushing and thinking, you know, I'm going to be doing a little bit more each day and I'm going to be trying to focus on, you know, kind of what my, what my goals are. And, um, you know, I, I went back to school after being home for a couple of weeks and, um, you know, I had a great community of, of people there that supported me so much. Yeah, that's what makes a huge difference. So much. And that was kind of the only reason why my parents were like, you can go. Because I had two guys that, you know, I live with that cared for me so much and so well. And, I mean, yeah. What was your family going through during all this? <sighs> like, when was the first time you saw them after the Oh, accident? gosh. I mean, the first time where we could, like, <laughs> have a conversation without crying was probably, like, you know, when we were like talking about getting discharged from the hospital and then it was like a little more logistical, but like there were some moments, you know, sitting at the kitchen table. I remember with my mom and dad just being like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't like, I think I'm, my, my health's going to improve, but like, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad I'm not in a wheelchair. I can, I can use my arms, but there's still a long road. And, um, you know, I think in a lot of ways it, it kind of brought my family together just cause it was such a miracle. And, yeah. um, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they let me go back to school. They're like, you can go back. And, um, I graduated on time. And, um, I remember at that point just thinking like, I got to use this experience for something and, um, for something good. And I was studying to be a teacher at the time. And I kind of changed my trajectory a little bit, um, in my studies and went to study, um, physical therapy, um, at that point. Cause, cause PT had made such a big difference in my life from going to wow. not being able to walk very far, yeah. not being able to throw something 12 feet, um, to being like, I'm going to go back to school. And, um, you know, I did, I did a lot of PT in my recovery, a lot of it. And, uh, I got a lot of motion back, you know, praise God, like in 
you know, I can move my neck a lot yeah. and really well. And, um, yeah, so I think, I think there's maybe a couple, couple things there, right? Um, you know, sometimes when we're, we face obstacles, we want to just like learn everything we can to like overcome obstacles, right? You know, I injured my neck. I'm going to do everything I can to learn how to manage this, mm-hmm. right? I want to do everything in my power to, to make this happen. And, um, you know, there's kind of this self-reliance that I had that now I kind of look at um, what I was trying to do. And a lot of it was just trying to control control and know and try to predict the future. Um, and there's some good to that. Um, but, you know, now I now being in, and I'll get to this a little later about my, my time with men's Alliance, but in men's Alliance, I kind of see like there was just this level, this lack of faith of God, you, you, you kept me alive. God, you, you gave me the gift of being able to still walk. Um, yeah. But, but I still need to figure out everything that I could possibly do. Right. I need, I need to try to control as much of the stuff because I was just fearful. I was so afraid. So afraid that something stupid would happen. I would get, you know, turn my head too fast and I would get some nerve pain again or my neck would lock up after sleeping on a pillow the wrong way. And so um, I really focused on, like, I guess I would call it, like, self, kind of the self-improvement for a while. And um, I think PT was a part of that, you know, wanting to know how to manage pain. And um, I think in that season of, of managing pain, in, in, in recovering, you know, there were times where I was very isolated you know, in men's Alliance, we talk about isolation being terminal. And, uh, you know, I stepped out of that community that I was at at JMU and I was, you know, in grad school and a newlywed and didn't have a ton of, ton of other guys around who were believers. And that was just, that was a hard time. Um, it was hard because I didn't have other people to talk real, you know, talk about real stuff with. And, um, you know, I think that that's, you know, Men's Alliance has helped me to do that, create these God-centered relationships where we are sharpening each other and do that in a time that is short and intentional and so life-giving. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm so blessed by that. Um, and I remember during that, you know, during that course, I, I was talking to, I forget if it was one of my doc, one of the doctors or a professor about it, um, and uh, he was talking about running, and I was like, yeah, I was training for a marathon when I, when I broke my neck. And he was like, you know, you weren't training that for that marathon to run it. Like, you were, you were training for that marathon to get ready for the rehab that you had to do mm-hmm. after oh, wow. that happened. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's probably true. Um, and so. Um, that's why training is always a good idea. <laughs> yeah, training <laughs> you know? is a good idea. I've, I've heard stories about people, you know, who've lifted weights most of their lives and, you know, been in horrific car accidents and stuff. And it was like literally their muscles that saved them. Yeah. yeah. You know, you build yeah. up, you build up armor yeah. around yourself that can, that can protect you. And you think about, yeah, you thought you were training for a, a marathon, yeah. but you were just getting yourself to a point of better, mm-hmm. better resilience, better endurance, yeah. better fitness yeah. for who knows what life's going to throw at you. Yeah. Sometimes it's an emergency or sometimes it's just a, you know, an event in life that requires us to have that. You stay ready so you don't have to get ready. There yeah. you go. <laughs> right. That's it. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, do you have full 
range of motion and strength back now? I mean, you're at Men's Alliance. Where are you at now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty close. Like, y'all probably wouldn't be able to tell, you know, that I'd had two neck surgeries, had you know, we not been talking about it, or if you just saw me on the street. So I've got pretty good motion. Um, I've got some some weakness in some, some areas of my arms. Um, and, yeah, I know for me, Coming out to Men's Alliance, guys guys are like, it's never the workout that people are afraid of. I was so scared of the workout. I was like, I will go deep with all these people. I will lead a devotion. I will start a fire. I'm so terrified. I, I would never say people. that. Yeah. I was going to say, I would yeah. never say that. Who told you that? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are terrified of the workout. Uh, yeah. I'm scared. No. no. There's people that like won't come out because they're afraid of the workout. That's the biggest reason they say they don't want to come. Yeah. It's because, oh, I got a injury or I got yeah. a, my shoulder's not right. When that gets healed up, I'll come up. So yeah, well. That's the biggest excuse I mean, why people don't come. Dude, at All Tribe, there was a guy there wearing a soft collar. He's like, oh, just had neck surgery. And like, you know, tap. He came out to Bravo in a wheelchair. Yeah, I remember with that. With his walker. You know, as he was healing up, he had a walker, you know. And I mean, yeah, for me, that was just a big obstacle. And, it, and again, it was kind of stemmed in that like, you know, my my hard can't be like I can't choose my heart. I can't be like the guy who does really hard stuff and he's in really good shape. Like I'm gonna be the guy who's probably struggling to do like ten push-ups, you know. And that's just, that's you know I'm no longer a jock. Like who am I? Like how do I process that? Um, and so coming out to Men's Alliance and kind of seeing other people kind of put those things aside. I remember I listened to that podcast with y'all and Iron and Iron talked about how. Mm-hmm. Um, Pain, pain can be a prison that you live in or a school that you learn from. And um, I know for me and, and the pain I had experienced, that was, that was a very true statement. And uh, I didn't always have a good way to process that pain, what was normal with pain, how do we deal with pain as men, as, as Christian men? You know, do we just kind of chew, chew on some Tylenol and keep going or, mm. you know, do you know, for me, I just avoided stuff. I was like, I'm just not going to work out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just not going to exercise again because I just, I'm, I don't know where that line is of what I'm capable of anymore. And if it's a lot less than what I thought it was, that's just, that'd be so devastating, right? Um, so, I mean, yeah, coming out to MA was really big um, and seeing guys kind of push, you know, when you knew that they, they were recovering from injuries or you knew that they were going through hard stuff physically. And uh, I will also say, I, I kind of skipped over this, but um, I did I did run I did run a marathon after the injury. Awesome. Which, which was awesome. Um, I ran the Pittsburgh Marathon, which I, I don't recommend anyone to make that <laughs> their first marathon. There's so many hills. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that was, you know, that was this understanding of like, you know, God was still empowering me to do do hard things, right? Yeah. To do challenging things, and and I think what changed from when I did that and I had that incredible, you know, feat that God God had that victory in my life to when I was like, I don't even know if I want to go out and do some push ups and burpees, was just this like feeling of I don't know what it's going to be like, and I'd rather just kind of not know and um, not have to face the music and be challenged in that way. Um, and it wasn't until I really started like, hearing other men talk about those physical challenges that I was like, hey, Scott, your, your excuse isn't valid. Like, <laughs> right. You need to just get out there and, and just be real and, and see what you can do. How long have you been with Men's Alliance now? Um, started, I think, February of this year. Okay. Yeah. How'd you get your call sign? Yeah, so you know, my call sign is Skull. I love the Vikings. I, um, 
I realized that in, in Chesterfield, Virginia, people think of chewing tobacco, and uh, <laughs> I did not think of that when I when I chose it or when I was voted on. But um, I mean, skull is a is a uh, it basically means cheers, right? Yeah. Um, and like for me, having a mindset of thankfulness and positivity is just so crucial hmm. all the time. Because, dudes, I I mean, I, I have pain. That comes and goes, and you know I have, you know, problems with my neck, and you know it's hard for me to not slip into what's this going to be like when I'm forty? What's this going to be like when I'm fifty? You know, I mean, there's this fear that is just so easy to just creep in, and mm-hmm. I think we're all kind of that way. There's this fear of the unknown and fear of you know are the promises that God says to us real? <laughs> like, can we believe them? And um, I, I had heard that you know. Fear, fear and gratitude, you know, when you're thankful for things, when you're praising God for things, when you're thankful for things, that is something that helps to just drown out that fear when you look at, you know, who God is and who he says he is and what he, what he says he does and what he does do in our lives. And so, you know, Skull for me was just this, was just this admission of like, cheers, God, like you have done so many great things in my life and I need to be reminded of that. I need to be reminded of the good um, that you, the miracles that have happened in my life um, because you did them and you'll continue to do them. Um, And so, yeah, I think when I chose it, a lot of people were like, skull, that's kind of, that's kind of weird. But for me, it was just so meaningful. Like it was just meaningful because I was there. I was with the group. I was exercising. I'm able to walk. I'm able to move. You know, it was, um, Yeah. Did you, um, do you notice any differences? Is there anything that changed about you non-physically? <laughs> I was so much nicer. Non-physically. <laughs> were you, you were nicer before the accident? I was just intense. I mean, you know, you think about the mentality of a 21-year-old who's like, just want to run, just want to get faster, just want to get stronger. It's just, I think I was just very, very directed in the things that I wanted. And I don't think I was as open to hearing to discussing, I think I was, I was pretty hard-lined. And now um, I think it, it's definitely softened me in a lot of ways. So you're nicer now. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and what about um, things like patience? Did, oh did it like... Yeah, I got, I have a lot more patience now. I mean, you know, it probably took me, it probably took me like two years to like feel myself again after, to, to feel like I'm Scott again. after my injury and that was you know that was within that community of people at jmu and it was there was so many victories man like so many victories you know like we'd go we'd go to the gym and i'd like i'd like tell my wife i'd be like dude i did a pull-up today i did a pull-up and we would just cry (laughs) we would just cry we'd be so excited i'd be like dude i walked to class today like mm." and it was just it was it was slow, but I was you know I realized that you know the struggle the struggle was worthwhile and um, God was faithful throughout the process. Were you surprised by like the level of support that you received? Like sometimes I wonder if a injury, God forbid, happened to me. Yeah, would uh, would people come to the hospital? And be sure. Like, oh, we're so glad you're okay. Or would I just be there by myself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised at just how many people came out and just. Yeah, it blew me away. And people just saying like, we're, we are, 
we and our entire church and this church and this church have all been praying for you. I mean, I was, that was just mind blowing. It's just like, it was so huge. Yeah. Wow. So God used this to change you in a lot of ways. Oh man. Inside and out. Yeah. You know, and, um, nobody wants to go through that school. Right. (laughs) It's a tough school, man. Yeah. But uh, one of the things I love that you, you did is you celebrated all the small victories. I love that. Right. You got to celebrate the one pull up. Mm -hmm. You got to throw a party when you walk to class, right? Like everything you did is a milestone. And a lot of people fail to recognize that. Yeah. I remember I called my mom. I was like, mom, I shot a three point shot and I made it. Yeah. Remember when I couldn't throw that fruit snack, but one foot, (laughs) like I just threw a basketball through the hoop. Like, and we cried, you know, like it was just, you know, you got to celebrate those. You got you right. to see that. You have to recognize that because so many times I think it's easy to look in our situation and be like, I am just, I'm just not. And this happened to me so much. Like mm-hmm. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I want to be. And then all it took was just looking back and being like, well, remember when, you know, mm-hmm. remember when this was the reality when I, you know, Remember when you got back to school and you just had to sit in a rocking chair for the first couple months, you know, and it was like, all right, well, I'm not there anymore. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm so much further than that now. Have and you, and it ahead. changed your career. Yeah. yeah. You literally changed trajectories changed, yeah. of careers. I would say, I mean, the same heart is there, right? Like, I still love impacting people and providing people um, just good information, yeah. good structure for when they're in a, in a challenging place. I mean, I would say there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, you're educating people in both senses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely changed, changed a lot. How I long think. have you been a physical therapist? Uh, since 2016. So have you, have you helped anybody with a uh, similar broken neck injury? Dude. It's hard. I wanted to work on the spinal cord unit, uh, and, and I and I just I couldn't do it. Uh, there were so many guys like me that couldn't walk. Yeah, it was so hard to see. I remember like joining this guy's Facebook group page um, for supporting him after he broke his neck, and you know, I, I eventually had to unfollow it because it was just so hard to see. Yeah, his his story was just so different. Um, but yeah, I've I've definitely worked with guys after they, you know, people after they've had neck injuries, and mm-hmm. I mean, usually it's not a traumatic injury. Some of them, some of them are car accidents and stuff. But I think even though it's not the same injury, helping people do basic stuff was just super meaningful to me because I, I I remember being like, "Hey, Dad, I need I need you to wash my hair because I can't put my head, hands over my head. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. So I need to I need to get the rest of the sand out of my hair." Cause we just got home from the hospital. Like, yeah. like I'll remember that. I'll never forget that, you know? And so I think a lot of people, you know, those just uh, that ability to take care of themselves, you know, helping them do that. I'm like, I remember what that meant to me and to be able to help them. It's great. Wow. Have you, uh, ever, I know we've all probably cheated death a couple of times. And yeah. when, when that happens, you, find yourself asking why like why did god yeah spare me you know yeah like have you it's like why am i here he obviously has a bigger purpose yeah that he didn't yeah. take home have you ever tried to figure out what that was i mean i've had a lot of people say you know were you depressed afterwards you know yeah. you couldn't do the things that you wanted to do and I, I think for me you know god has me you know i i'm i'm able to walk i'm able to function yeah i'm living for a reason you know 
have reasons to glorify the Lord and to exactly. love those around me and, yeah. um, you know, and to keep looking for those opportunities, right, right. To, to do that with, with people around me. And, um, yeah, definitely. And That's great. I think it meant for me, Men's Alliance has just provided me a, a place to have those real conversations with people, to love on people, to be that community for people. Like, like how, how great would it be when, when, you know, someone is going through a trial like that, that they have that community, like men's Alliance can, and, you know, that framework can be provided, you know, through your tribe and you know, that, how, how amazing is that, you know? And that's not anything new, you know, like right after I broke my neck, I was like, I need, I need my buddy. Yeah. You know, I that's a here. big part of your story was what an incredible support group you had. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to realize that you had already built that. Yeah. Right? That's something you build before the tragedy before right. the storms of life. And, uh, you know, a lot of people find themselves in the middle of a storm and then they realize for the first time they don't have that. Yeah. And then they, you know, try to create it real quick or just can't mm-hmm. get it or whatever. And that's why it's important to have a, a support group, a tribe, a band of brothers. You got to build it when things are good. Yeah. When things are fine. And, and that's a great part of your story. Um, last question for you sure. is if you could, if you could go back to that moment, you're, you're being pulled up onto the beach on the sand. If you could see yourself in that moment, what would you tell yourself now that you've come this far, you've journeyed all the way. Yeah. You're, you're better. You're a physical therapist. What message would you give to what were you 21? Yeah. To that 21 year old you. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, for me, I, I would say, you know, God is going to be victorious in your life. God is going to be victorious, and God is God is protecting you now, and God will continue to protect you. That's good. It's awesome. I think that's the message for everybody listening to this, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. It's an absolute truth. Thank you, Skull. Hey, yeah, glad man. to be here, guys. Thank I, you so much. I think we got something for you, don't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Hope you like... Uh, Hope you like coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed I do. Got you some tribe coffee oh, here. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for taking the time to be with us there. And um, he has no weakness. I don't. Yeah, no, no weakness. <laughs> yeah, that's I love awesome. it, man. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it's not easy. Asking somebody to share their story yeah. is a is a is a big deal. It's not something to take lightly. And I appreciate yeah. you sharing that, not just with us, but with all the tribesmen yeah. around the country listening. Yeah. You know, and I think your words that you would say to yourself are exactly the same words we all need to hear, right? He's with us. Yeah. He's with us. He's going to get us through whatever yeah, for you. Yeah. That's yeah. right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. See you later. Guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Men's Alliance Podcast with Skull. Powerful story. Take that message. Take his words to heart. Whatever you're going through, God's with you. He'll get you through it. Life is always better in a tribe, right? So guys, get out of isolation. Get out of your comfort zones. Be real about your struggles. Build that band of brothers that you need now before the trial hits. So guys, thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us. Check out our website, mensalliancetribe.com to support us. We'll see you around the fire. Thanks for listening to the Men's Alliance podcast. We hope to see you in one of our tribes or at one of our unforgettable weekend experiences. So join us at mensalliancetribe.com.